Hi, I'm Charles Stanton. I'm on the faculty of the Honors College at UNLV and the Boyd School of Law. I'm Lana Weatherald. I'm a third-year law student. And welcome to Social Justice. Social Justice, a conversation. A conversation. Hello, everybody, and thank you again for joining us this Thursday night on Social Justice, a conversation. Again, I'm Lana Weatherald, joined by... Charles Stanton. Tonight, we want to talk a little bit, of course, about elections. And we don't at risk of being one of those annoying, horrible political ads you've been hearing ad nauseum. Uh, we want to talk a little bit more nuanced and about some of the things we're seeing happening on the ground, especially where voting rights and um, issues concerning voting and accessibility to voting are concerned. Um, so we're going to have Professor Stanton open up with uh, some issues going on in Tampa um, and, so, and some voting issues there. Yeah, so... Um there have been a number of things happening across the country, but we can start in Tampa, um, where a number of people uh, uh, had served their sentences uh, in, in, in Florida prisons. Uh, they got out of the prisons, and uh, they believed that they had registered to vote. They had voter ID cards, and uh, lo and behold, uh, uh, last week and the week before that, uh, the police show up at their homes and uh, they arrest them. And what was so, what was, of course, it was mortifying to the people who were arrested, who, who believed and were told that they could legitimately vote, was the fact that the police, in, in a number of cases, didn't even know what the warrants were for. Uh, so apparently, uh, in a number of those cases, it went to court and uh, it, the, uh, uh, the arrests were thrown out. But I think this is just one part of a uh, fear tactic you know what i mean this is a a way that potentially not only are you scaring people into well you register to vote this could be you right they could show up at your door knocking asking about warrants um and but then it shows that the fight is not necessary i can't tell you on the ground how many people um i went to college maybe about an hour outside of tampa and the fight to get that on the ballot even Mm -hmm. the the opportunity for uh, you know low grade felons to then have the opportunity to vote once they finish their sentences that was something that was fought for tooth and nail in Florida, right? And they finally get this right. It's finally something they can do. They're excited to go to the ballots. These are people that did register to vote, obviously, very quickly. And this is what they're faced with? I mean, come on. Then how does it look hopeful for other states that are putting referendums on the ballot to potentially allow people like this to vote? Uh, uh, Scary. Yeah. Well, you know what it is? It's, I call it the mythology. There's a mythology in our country that we want to reintegrate people into society mm-hmm. after after they serve their sentence in prison, but we really don't. We want don't know. We 100%. don't want to. We don't want to re- reintegrate them, and of course, of course, it's uh, o- almost always disproportionately people of color. Absolutely. And beyond reintegrating, then we don't want them to have a voice. God forbid you get reintegrated. We don't want to hear from you once you do. Uh, It's just sad. And once, like you say, it's not just Tampa. This is not something that's limited to Tampa. No, it's really what is happening in our country is going on all across the country. Uh, For example, uh, in uh, Harris County, Texas, uh, there's been an appeal for federal election monitors because of all the funky things that usually go go on <laughs> in Texas when people try to vote, Harris County, of course, is a predominantly uh, black black county. A, a large percentage of the voters are black, and this stuff seems to happen every election cycle. And the other thing that's really it is it, it's, it's kind of pathetic too is um, Beto O'Rourke 
is running for governor. Mm-hmm. And he's really, he's pretty much visited every county in the state, some more than once. He's running all over the state. You know, he was very much uh, uh, involved in the Uvalde uh, uh, situation. Right. I mean, swearing. I mean, getting up there and using diction you would never hear out of a politician to express his anger. He was. I mean, he's outspoken. Right. And the crazy thing is that uh, the governor isn't even campaigning. Huh. He's not even campaigning. Does he have to? Because he's got all this money behind him. Right. And he's got a coterie of voters who will vote for any Republican as long as they... they, It's an R next to the name, right? If there's an R next to the name. And, of course, the racial uh, uh, component is there as well. The racial component is there as well. Uh, You bounce bounce over from, uh, from that to basically... A lot of the ads that are that are running in in various states, uh, which have a racial element, uh, mm-hmm. Mandela Barnes is running in Wisconsin against Ron Johnson, and they actually have ads where they make Mandela Barnes look blacker than he actually is. Oh my God! Yeah, this is what's this is what's going on because the the Republican Party knows, going back to Willie Horton, that that when everything else has failed, <laughs> we're going to drop the racial race, politics work. Right, right. we're going to drop the race card into the deck. You know, and uh, at the same time, while all those things are going on, and of course, you know, Joe Biden being the uh, messiah of evil, uh, <laughs> the country basically is is like rudderless. Yeah. Uh, I, I in my in my experience, I've never seen so many people who believe in conspiracy theories. Uh, Joe Scarborough had a focus group last week, and he was like astounded as to what the people were saying about the insurrection on January 6th. Absolutely. I think MSNBC did one similar where they had a group of people from Pennsylvania Mm. talking about their experiences on January 6th and what they thought and just what these people believe without unsubstantiated proof and what they're willing to then get on national television and say they believe without unsubstantiated proof and then feel it. You know what killed me in watching this video? And if you haven't had a time, I I would just throw in Google MSNBC focus group January 6th, Pennsylvania. This is something you really should watch. The body language, Professor, was just so closed off. I mean, the idea that these people would be open to any sort of suggestion that this was verging on treasonous behavior going into the Capitol, throwing fecal matter at the walls. I mean, come on. And and these people just, they refuse to believe some of the things they are told. They believe it's a constitutional right to take up arms at the Capitol. Truly. Uh, And they're espousing these views and then with the body language of, you can't tell me I'm wrong about these things. I mean, just arms crossed, angry faces, you know, why am I even being brought here by MSNBC? see to yeah. talk about something that's so black and white just yeah. i would encourage you if you haven't yeah. seen something like that look at what your fellow americans truly believe yeah well when you say black and white that's right <laughs> that's <laughs> you're what, right that's what it is you know it, it's we've, we've discussed this in the past it's a demographic thing it's 100%. a demographic thing and of course uh what's adding validity to it is all the different people who are running for congress yeah uh it reminds me of the movie on the waterfront where the priest is down in the hold of the ship. Yep. And he says, you know, uh, when you see injustice, if you don't speak out, you're just as guilty as the people who perpetrate it. And we see all the different Republican uh, 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 leaders, Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, right. the, the whole the whole crew. And uh, 
if you pro- probably got them in private and you asked them, what do you really think about oh, 100%. it? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, these people are legal scholars at the end of the day. You don't want to pretend they didn't receive the education they received right. or that they didn't serve the time they served and right. because they did. And it's just that they're acquiescing to the powers that be in the party that believe such or are willing to allow people to believe right. they believe such right. heinous things. Yeah. And, of course, I think, I think that... Uh, you know, they they limit themselves to one form of media. Yes. Either one station or one, one, one website or one a chat room, or what have you. Right. Uh, it's just like it's just like with Fox News. Now, what's interesting about Fox News, of course, is that okay, they have a conservative ideology. I'm cool with that. I have a liberal ideology, but right. what we, I respect people who want to you know believe what they want to believe. But it's interesting. They don't cover, they didn't cover the hearings, okay? They didn't cover the hearings. <laughs> right. They, they didn't cover a lot of the time, most of the time, when Joe Biden comes in during the day and speaks, they don't cover that either. Right, and they will cover, you know, n- never when the speeches are particularly articulate or never when they're right. talking about his successes or any right. of the, you know the clips that they're showing, right? And it yeah. just, it, it doesn't. The fact that people cannot rationalize, why am I only being shown this on X day? Why am I only being shown this when it is of a certain nature? Uh, I got to believe that people are better than understanding they're not being force fed misinformation, but it doesn't seem like they are. Or that it's just identity politics. You identify so strongly with something that you're unwilling to believe that there is another side at this point. So, you know, it has to be garbage on CNN. It has to be garbage at MSNBC. Why would I bother to even look at it? Because it has to be that. Way. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, that uh, they had a big article about this as to how Fox covers the news. Right. And the the answer that they came up with, according to the people that run Fox, is that we know we know that it's news. I mean, in other words, if you have a hearing in the Congress and you have a hearing having to do with an attempt to overthrow the, the government, government, correct? That is news. But they don't they they, they don't want to disturb their audience. Yes. And it's what's very interesting about this whole thing, in a sense, in a sense, like you know, Fox News uh, knows their audience. They know what the audience wants. But they also know they also know that as devoted as their audience seems to be to Fox, if they try to moderate. They'll find another, another outlet. They'll go to an- look at OAN and yeah, OANN. Yeah, I believe exa- so. Exactly, and they'll go to another network. So, in the sense, they're prisoners too. A hundred percent. Because they can't, they can't really tell the truth of what's going on because then they know the flock will desert them. And and it is sad because I do think Fox News has lost some some talented journalists over yeah. the course of the I mean we can go past five ten years yeah. it's been sort of overwhelming the level of talent they're willing to part with because they are not willing to go the impartial route but this is not just Fox News CNN has lost talent in yeah. I mean this is across the board but yeah. it's just interesting where I mean where we've allowed journalism to corrode to. Um, it's well, entertainment now. It's no longer journalism. It's no yeah. longer news-based journalism. It's entertainment. Well, they, 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 <laughs> they that that that, ne- that network was actually cr- created by Roger Ailes, right? And Roger Ailes, Roger Ailes yeah. had worked for Nixon. He had he had basically humanized Nixon. Uh, <laughs> Nixon had run against Kennedy. He had run against Pat Brown, right. Jerry Brown's father. He lost both times, and then in 1968, they they, they said we're going to bring him back again. Right. And, and Ailes was his immediate advisor. Ailes had actually worked for the Mike Douglas show. It was a talk show. Wow. And he, he devised the idea of man in the arena. 
So he would bring Nixon into this almost like an arena-like setting. Right. And have him field questions that were, of course... Tailored to exactly the kind of propaganda he wanted to get out there. Exactly. But but, but he's hooked to that. And then, then of course, and then, of course... He he went on he went on Fox, and he went on Fox with the sole mission that he was going to create a conservative network. But as it as it went on as it went on, it morphed from just conservatism and people coming in to talk about conservative issues to like a complete intolerance of the other side of the coin. Right. And and then of course while he was presiding over this. Um, he was involved, and a, and, a, and a few other personalities were involved in a sex scandal uh, uh, on the Fox right, network. Right. And of course, he had to he had to resign, and others <laughs> had to and others had to leave. But uh, that ties into that ties into the misogyny, and that ties into you know what I think are the the main issues that people should be thinking about. Now, of course, people of course vote about economics, they vote about their pocketbook. But to me, this is my perspective, there's, there's only two issues in this election. Women's rights. Women's rights and our democracy. Right. The right to vote. Right. The right to be able to vote. The belief in our system, the belief in that we can have fair elections and that our elections are run properly. Yeah. I mean, that is fundamental. If you don't believe that, what are we doing? Yeah, well, see, and see, the thing is, too, though, that... It, 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 I think they have a plan to, to uh, change our way of, of government, uh, change our way of life. For example, now, uh, the first step is we want to limit people's right to vote, right. which has gone on in, you know, in a number of states. Then the next step is to have people try to intimidate people from voting, even though they have the right to vote. 100%. Then the next step is... We're going to have all these. We're going to inundate the actual places where the votes are counted, to basically make it seem as though you know, something is awry. Make, make it, it seem, seem as though there's nefarious things happening there, whether they are or not. They are, they are, not. are not. Right. Yeah. So, and, yeah, and 100%. then, the, and then, the, and then, the, and the other, and then the other steps are, uh, which I think you're going to see a lot of uh, in this election season, is challenging the votes in the courts. 100%. So in, 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 let's say the race in Pennsylvania, the race in Wisconsin, the race in North Carolina, all these are going to be contested. The but, seeds yeah. are being planted already, right, right. right? I mean, you see it on a lot of the social media platforms that are run by some of these candidates, especially right. a, a, candidates that have outright denied the right. election results. Right. You are seeing them saying, we will fight the fraud. We will fight. Right. I mean, and these are things that are starting before ballots are even right. cast, right. this sort of rhetoric. Yeah. So, of course, of course, this is something we should fear that they'll take it to the courts immediately. They're telling you they are. Right. They yeah. are telling us right now we are going to do that. So right. be scared. Yeah. Yeah. But see, the other thing about it is, too, though, that at least they're going they'll be going to a court. Right. See, when when the ex-president was was. Uh, contesting the election in, in all these different states before all these different courts. The court of, system got it right. The court system got it right, right unanimously. But now the case before the Supreme Court basically is we will we'll bypass the courts, that we will allow the legislatures in these states to make the final decisions as to whether the votes can be validated. 
And can you imagine that? Right. What that a, should be what we fear. Not yeah, yeah. so much that they can fear monger their way yeah. into the court system yeah. being completely derelict, kangaroo court system. I don't think that's what's happening here, right. but correct. Yeah. Where this becomes something that's in the hands of the legislature yeah. and all of a sudden there's a loss of sense of control that we have in the court system. And then, yes, things could get scary very, very fast. Yeah. And, and it's also interesting to see, uh, particularly uh, the race for, for the Senate, uh, between uh, uh, um, um, Amendment Oz and Fetterman, <laughs> where basically uh, this man who was sick, he had a stroke, is running against a man who is a doctor and a surgeon. And the level of like intolerance to the fact that this man w- was recovering and, and right. you know, he's able to, you know, you know, get around now and, and, you know, basically be able to run for the Senate. He's looked down upon as like a defective person. Black people, Jewish people, and disabled people. Well, uh, there it is. There, that, that's part, <laughs> well, that's in it, in it too. They had, a, they had a guy on uh, uh, this week from the ADL, and he was talking about the mammoth increase in anti-Semitic acts in this country. They've exploded. They've and I want to, this goes beyond just the Kanye stuff no. you might be seeing in the news, right? These are politicians. Right. So, I mean, you know, anybody who believes something coming out of Kanye West's mouth is entitled to their own opinion in that, right? But no, these are our no. elected officials or potentially elected officials that are espousing right. these views, not just major celebrities, right? And you have seen such an increase in this. I mean, I don't remember seeing anti-Semitic comments just flowing through the Twitter sphere uh, from the side of politicians or the side of, you know, people that are fans of celebrities or whatever. I've never seen it at at this scale and that people are so brazen about it. Right. That there's no humility in saying such horrendous things. Yeah. It's shocking. Well, I think I think that uh, I think that Charlottesville was a landmark. Yeah. I think Charlottesville was a landmark because not only did you have the, the marching with the torches. Their faces, they're you know, out there in know, public. They yeah. don't care. Not only did you have David Duke, not, did you yep. ha- not only did you have that. You had, the, you had uh, 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 the White House legitimacy of their viewpoint, <laughs> you see. Plenty of good people. Yeah, they're, good, they're good people. They're good yeah, people, you know, Professor Stan, you know, didn't you know? But the, the, other thing about it too, the other thing about it, too, is, though, that the campaigns have become tinged with that as well. In, in the case against Fetterman, uh, first of all, they, they were saying, well, he was insulting the, the rest of us because he was sending his children to a Jewish school. And then they moved on from that to say, basically, that he's, a, he's, he's not a real Jew. He's a, he's a secular Jew mm. as, 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 as Biden is a secular Catholic. You have no right, right. to question so, no, a person's The Jews belief. they don't understand, right? The, the very same group of people they demonize and don't understand, then they're the ones that yeah. can adjudicate your level of yeah. Judaism, please. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, it's kind of mind-boggling. It's kind of mind-boggling. Yeah. You know, so I don't know, I don't know where, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the election. I think, I think the, main, the main issue is, though, the main issue is that people have to vote. Yes. I mean, ultimately, the country is dependent on everyone coming together to, to, to exercise their franchise. Let the numbers be so overwhelming that there cannot be a doubt. Right. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. well, and not that that mattered last election. No, it didn't, it didn't, no it <laughs> truly. I mean, it, yeah. there, it just and then show it would show maybe even to a lesser degree if it does still end up going through the legislature or the court system. Got You know, we don't know. But yeah. it, it, 
if you go out and vote, it shows that their fear-mongering tactics were not successful, right? The fact that they're going to have armed guards posted up at certain voting locations, the fact that they were showing up to arrest people that had active warrants once they registered to vote, that show that that doesn't matter to you. Show that the fact that your voice being heard matters so much more than the the obstacles that are trying to be put in your way. Um, I think that's if nothing else um it will show the spirit of the american voter and the spirit of believing that democracy is something worth saving and that not only that it's there's efficacy there yeah what, what's interesting too though as as the election has progressed we're moving further and further away from f- fact-backed discourse yes. and fact-backed elections and fact-backed results and fact-backed ideology yep. I mean, so much of this stuff that's that's out there on the various websites and chat rooms, garbage is is lunacy. Garbage. How yep. do people? How do people? How do people believe this? And then stuff? part of me feels, especially because I've been fortunate, I have access to so many different databases, so many different legitimate publications. Right? Does the average person just have access to a legitimate news source anymore are there any unbiased easily accessible news sources truly that exist i mean even the new york times the washington i mean these are trusted publications that still have a twinge to it uh it it doesn't and they're all corporate owned corporate owned media it's it's just sort of um I don't want to excuse believing in lunacy and believing in ideas mm. that cause direct harm to mm. people, right? It's, you don't want to create excuses for bad behavior. However, where do these people turn to find the truth? If they're yeah. not offered some brilliant, you know, exceedingly um, focused on a diverse education kind of thing, where are they going? They're going to Fox News. They're going to CNN. They're going to MSNBC. They're going to websites that may have... And it's hard to blame them. Where else do you go? This is what we've made accessible. Yeah. Well, I think I think the ideal the ideal is that people try to choose a diverse group yes. of news sources. So yeah. you you look at say CNN, MSNBC, but you can also look at Fox News or 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 Reuters or Raw Story or whatever it is. There's so many places yep. out there. We have. You know what's sad though, really, Lana is. That never in the history of the world, as far as we know, I don't know if they had something going on in the prehistoric era, but (laughs) the aliens had visited the aliens billions of years prior, right? Yeah, but if you want really valid information, you can find it, but it's work. Yeah. You see, that's the thing. We're in many ways an intellectually lazy country. Right. And I, you know what? I'll, I'll give the public school system to a large degree does not teach you how to properly research anything, whether that be news, whether that be statistics, mm-hmm. whether that be about your fellow neighbor. They don't. It's it's hard to find information sources or know how to look. Right. right? So I think it comes from maybe a failure in education as well to to show people how to look at things. If part of your civics course should be here's how you read an article and understand whether or not there's inherent bias to this article. Here's an article that's based. You know what I mean? I don't feel like that's right too much to ask yeah to make us uh research literate before we go out yeah. in the world when the internet's such a pervasive part of everything we do yeah i think i'm glad you mentioned education because i think that education is one of the keys to informing people not just about this election but informing people about our history yep and i've been giving a lot of thought to this I, and I, I was one i was thinking over the weekend i was thinking you know 
there's such a move in uh, in these school board elections and and in, in other elections to eliminate you know basically teaching our history yes 100% you know and i and i and i've always said that you know the 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 ideal of course is 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 to educate people about these things so anti-semitism or racism or what have you doesn't happen again because people learn about how terrible it was and the disastrous consequences it had. But I think there's something else in there that, I, that came to me. They, what they want to do, the people who are against this teaching, is they basically want to remove any obligation our society should have to do to correct it, including right. financial and otherwise. 100%. Reparations has become a bad right. word, right. a naughty word, a buzzword they use to make you scared that they're going to take what you have and right. give it to the them, right? Yeah, yeah, no. That whole, that, that, that really what it is, it's, 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 they have used the idea of paying back for our sins, which is funny because they don't, those sentiments aren't really held where Native right. Americans and American Indians are concerned, but it is held where black people yeah, are no, concerned. No, and it is held sort of maybe even where gay people are concerned but not so much the American, but by and large, yeah, we don't feel like we owe anybody anything. And if you don't know what we did, yeah. well, why would you owe anybody yeah, anything? No, it's, 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 it, really, it really is interesting because uh, there have been a number of universities now that are, that are moving away from diversity. Mm-hmm. They're moving away from diversity in the sense yep. that they still have it, but it's become more optional. And in the, in the universities where it's optional, it's really cratered. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to my university. I went to the New College of Florida where critical race theory is taught. It's interwoven even in the science classes. I mean, mm-hmm. it is a very, very liberal school. I would argue I went to pro- perhaps the most liberal school in the country. And uh, because of critical race theory, these were not ideas I had held previously. Mm-hmm. Um, I- I was forced to look at, hey, wasn't it odd that there wasn't a lot of black kids where I went to school? Isn't that weird? And so then I ended up writing a 30-page dissertation on the fact that my hometown was using geographical barriers to then keep school districts in line with those geographical barriers and then gerrymandering on top of those same barriers that were, hey, based on historical red lines. So critical race theory allowed me, being taught critical race theory at a university, allowed me to look at not only my past, Mm -hmm. but what was going on in the past of my my own city and then ask questions and look at actual policy and want to make changes to that policy. I would have never. Had I not been taught critical race theory, I would have never known the interworkings of why I didn't have black classmates. But now I do. And I get to understand that it was a lot more sinister than just, "Eh, no, black kids live in your neighborhood. Not quite the reality of the situation, right? So I think... For some, for children to not have the opportunity, for college students not have the opportunity I was presented with to learn more about the horrors of our country and then find out more about yourself in mm-hmm. turn is a disservice. Yeah, it is yeah. a disservice. Yeah, I was, I was, um, I was prepping a movie for uh, uh, one of my classes, uh, Roger and Me, about uh, Flint, Michigan. Yep, and it's so mind-boggling just to watch it because it was it was Michael Moore's first movie. Yeah. And this was 1989, and it had to do with the automobile industry. But then you move it, you move it ahead to today, and you had the huge water crisis right. in Flint. So it, the problems exacerbate themselves. The problems exacerbate themselves, and the thing is that that it's both white and b- black people who are affected. Mm-hmm. In, in the case, 100%. in the ca- in the case of, uh, of course, 
uh, uh, Roger and me, it was it was the mostly white workers who worked for GM. Right. And all the factories were being closed. And then you move it ahead to the uh, last few years. When all the white people left Flint, Michigan, yeah. as it all turned down, right. right? And you have basically a black population. 100%. And you have, you know, the situation where the water is poisonous. But I think what I've always marveled at, and, and not in a positive way, is the fact that the white middle class and the black middle class and the Hispanic middle class are fighting each other and at odds with each other, but the people at the top of the food chain are making their making their, their wars uh, part of their own profit. That's exactly right. That's exactly. So I I just think I think we can we can do better, and it starts with education. So why do we the one way we can start doing better? If we all say that's the one thing we say we can do better, we need change, right? Well, it starts with teaching people yeah. what the change needed to, needs to be, and if we're refusing to even do that, I mean, come on. Yeah, well, and I'd, I'd, I'll just comment on immigration. Just throw immigration in there for a second. Where did all these people who are living in our country come from? Right. Because except for the, except for the indigenous people, the American Indians, and I guess I guess you'd have to say the Indians that probably lived in Alaska, that that that, that uh, uh, sect of Indians, they were the original they right. were the original people, and then everybody came, you know, and. Uh, Unlike, I guess, what, uh, 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 I guess, was it Ben Carson who said that the slaves came here for opportunity? Yeah, not quite. No, they didn't come here, here for, for opportunity. opportunity. No. But, but but they were they were original, too. Right. And poor servant, too, no, but they 100%. were original, you know. So it's, it's you know, there was a famous philosopher who said that the, the more things change, the more things remain the same. But, you know, people got to open up their eyes. They got to open up their minds. But most importantly, they got to open up their hearts. I think... I think that's 100% right, and I think that is a good way to end this show. Now, I do want to remind everybody that's listening that you can send us emails, and we're happy to answer questions or cover a topic that you're interested in. My email address is wethel one at unlv.nevada.edu. Uh, we thank you so much for listening, and we hope you tune in again next week at Thursday at 630. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our show. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact us at Wethel1, that's W-E-T-H-E-L-1 at nevada.unlv.edu. Or to contact Professor Charles Stanton, contact him at C-H-A-R-L-E-S, that's Charles.Stanton, S-T-A-N-T-O-N, at unlv.edu. See you, See you next, next time. time.